0: Oscar Poker.
1: Jeffrey Wells on Sunday, uh, December 12th, giving a very rote intro to a very unusual day <laughs> on the award circuit. Um, uh, this is um, Oscar Poker, as most of you are, are presuming and have guessed. Hello, Sasha. Um, good to see you again. Good to talk to you again, We, uh, especially since we didn't talk last weekend.
0: I know. Nice to talk to you too. And welcome back from Marrakesh.
1: Thank you. It was, uh, it, it was really, I didn't want to give the wrong impression about Marrakesh. It was a very, everything about it was delightful. It really was, uh, except for one tiny aspect, which was the ability to communicate uh, um, through my column to the outside world. Other than that, it was really, really pretty cool. I mean, I'm glad I went. So I didn't yeah. want to get the idea that it was some kind of bummer. It wasn't. It was just like, you know. I was in agony trying to get uh, decent signals.
0: Right. But, well, when you're working, you know, when that's your, your your job, you can't really be cut off from that. I think you made that pretty clear, and it did yeah. look very cool from the photos you took. So yeah,
1: thanks. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and I found some great food, and um, you know, the first time I went to Marrakech um, uh, as a um, as a as a youngun uh, with a girlfriend, um, I got sick. I we made the mistake of having uh, couscous. You know, the local water back then. Mm. Uh, it's one of the sickest I've ever been in my entire life, but um, oh, God. I, I, won't, I won't provide the details. It was awful. So.
0: <laughs> yeah. Seems to be sort of a cursed, a cursed yeah. place. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Bad
1: goose um, <clears throat> and bad Wi-Fi. So and bad anyway, wifi. anyway, it's, pretty, it's really, really, really cool to be there, though. And, uh, yes. and so here we are. Let's get right into the uh, news of the day, which is we have um, uh, the awards from the Los Angeles Film Critics Association, which were just announced about thirty-five, forty minutes ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, also the Boston Film Critics uh, Group. Uh, what is their their formal name? The Boston Film Critics Association or Society? Society. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, well, let's just talk about the unusual stuff. Um, oh,
0: and also we should say the New York um, Film Critics Online also released their, right. their winners. Right, so free.
1: They went with um, uh, a couple of unusual things. So let's just start uh, in your neck of the woods. Let's talk about the Los Angeles Film Critics, um, 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 about Lafka and what mm-hmm. they went with. And the big uh, surprise for me, and I think probably for most people, is the decision to give the Best Actress award to Kim Hye-ja? Is that how you pronounce it? Hye-ja? Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: Uh, and then the film was called Mother, which I saw uh, at the Cannes Film Festival in oh nine. Right. I-, I think it was 2009. Well, it's uh, it's one of those uh, um, uh, intense, sort of broad stroke uh, performances. It's about you know how she she's very aware in every scene that the camera is on her and she's being told to play to the to the balcony, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but in great style, she you know it's a consistent thing. It's like I'm I am suffering. I will do. There is nothing I will not do for my. My son, who's in trouble over a you know accused murder, and I'm gonna, and it's and it's very heightened, you know, it has a kind of Brian De Palma esque quality to it. Um, but I really um, would kind of, I'm kind of scratching my head here because I just don't know what was so. Uh, uh, heart-stopping about her performance. Other than the fact that it's uh, unusual to pick her, and I, I, I think that the uh, the Los Angeles Film Critics Association likes to kind of go, you know, outside the the, the safety zones, which is cool. Mm. But I, I don't get it really. I mean, um, well,
0: I, I think that there's this notion that the uh, critics have to sort of be in step with the Oscars or somehow influence the Oscar race. But a lot of times, the LA film critics they they will you know, vote for a name like this because they really do think it's just the best performance and or, as you said, I think they like to differentiate themselves. They will take issue Mm -hmm. with that accusation, as they have with me. Uh, Scott Foundas kind of ripped me a new one after I I suggested that they were just trying to be different when they voted for There Will Be Blood over No Country for Old Men, right, because they didn't Mm want to be in line with all the other critics groups. But he said, no, we really thought that that was the best film of the year. Um, what I always wondered about them is: do they do they all kind of discuss it in one room, and do certain critics have more influence than others? Like, say, a Kenneth Turan or a Menoladargus Dargis, would would they necessarily have more pull? A lot of times, you see their 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 taste reflected in the awards, and so I've always wondered that if you know.
1: I would like to uh, like uh, Marshall Fine was telling us, uh, reiterating it. Um, when he was on a couple, two, three weeks ago, there's no debate at the New York Film Critics Circle um, meeting. And I don't think I've ever heard about there being any major debate uh, at the LaFKA gatherings. It's, there is a matter of like, well, uh, we have to go to a second ballot or a third ballot. That, I believe that's, that's something that, uh, uh, and, you know, people throw their support to something that, uh, <clears throat> because their favorite is not going to win and that kind of thing. Right so i'd kind of kind of be interested to see i mean it's there's certainly nothing uh uh you know uh, it's just queer it's it just strikes me as queer that uh, cuz there's you, you kind of expect or, or presume that the people that are um talking about the possibles just the possibles mm. uh would have at least covered uh kim haja uh you know, in some way, you know, perhaps yourself, perhaps Scott Feinberg, perhaps uh, um, uh, David Poland, perhaps one of the people on – anybody, you know, somebody would have yeah. said, let's talk about this film, which has not been, you know, getting the attention, but let's also talk particularly about Kim hy because mm-hmm. she is really quite the standout and I really feel – you know, this would be derelict of, of us to not uh, bring her in, you know. Yeah. And, and, but nobody did that. I mean, uh, does well, that – we're just clueless? I don't, I don't think no, so.
0: No, I don't think so. I saw, we saw a lot of great performances in foreign films at Cannes, you know. They were – and we look at them and we say those are great, but they have no chance of getting nominated. Look at how hard it is just to get Javier Bardem in there. Uh to be considered, or Jackie Weaver. I mean, it really does take a lot of effort on a lot of people's parts to get an obscure name into the race. And the L.A. film critics often drop in these obscure names and they go nowhere. They don't Uh get nominated for Oscars. Every once in a while, one will. Uh Um, But for the most part, it's not a a done deal just because the L.A. film critics. I mean, a lot of times, it's just the sweeping consensus vote because you're talking about such a large majority of people voting. Uh And if they haven't seen all the movies, they're not going to vote for somebody they heard the LA film critics. I mean, how many Oscar voters are actually going to sit down and watch Mother? You
1: know. Mm.
0: So. Well, I wouldn't also, say
1: I, I wouldn't call that as something to be uh, particularly uh, uh, you know comforted about. I think that I know, they should. I know. Watch, you know. and
0: they should. But I mean, how many times can you throw at them? You should. You should. You should. You should. I mean, I think they're kind of under siege at the mm-hmm. moment or Mm -hmm. all these different people, oh, why don't you pay attention to this movie or that movie or this actor or that actor? There's Mm -hmm. so many of them. I mean, all they can really do is watch the movies they want to watch and vote for the the people that they like. That's the Oscars. The film critics are different. You expect them to think differently in this case, not to be different, just to be different, but if they really do feel that, um, you know, that this woman gave a better performance than Natalie Portman in Black Swan then for instance, because this to me seemed like an anti-Natalie Portman vote.
1: Because <laughs> yeah, you know, precisely what I wrote just a few minutes ago. Oh, you
0: did, because Jennifer Lawrence came in as a runner-up, mm-hmm. and actually, you know, so, and that just tells you, you know, Kenneth Turan hated Black Swan, and he's a really <laughs> powerful <laughs> voice in the LA film critics, and so I'm just wondering how much of that had any influence on. Um, they 're voting and I know that 's kind of ridiculous to say, and they 'll always say no it 's just what we felt at the time' um,
1: and, now, you you're, you're, are you saying because uh, I read his review, I remember it was kind of dismissive in in in, in large part it certainly wasn 't a, a praising but but uh hate is that really a fair way to put it do you think
0: i think I mean, yeah
1: okay he was really okay i get me gotta reread well, because
0: it with him when he sort of likes a movie he'll find things to say about it he won't be too mean but when he really hates a movie he goes right after it he goes right okay. for the throat and that's what mm-hmm. that looked like to me and so we might be seeing hate hate of darren aronofsky you know he's not everybody's cup of tea and mm-hmm. a lot of critics if they're turned off to him they're always going to be turned off to him and they're not going to suddenly change their mind with black swan Mm -hmm. um but you know i mean people complain about critics you yourself complain that they all fall in step and all pick the same people so we can't really complain when they I can't complain
1: i'm not complaining but i just would i would only ask i would only say um where has the champion or champions uh, of this particular performance where have they been i'm not saying that uh, noteworthy piece by every uh, you know uh, p- impassioned uh, columnist blogger critic I, I'm going to start looking but I'm asking just where has the dialogue been if it's if it's true and if it should be and if it's a really sound choice I'm not saying it's anything wrong with it but where has the passion been up until this day yeah, that's no, all I'm I asking. see
0: what you're saying you're saying if she's strong enough to win the vote you'd think she would have we would have heard a lot more about her.
1: Up to we would we, we would have seen a James Rocky tweet about her, wouldn't we? Because I read his tweets <laughs> all the time. I don't know it's James... <laughs> One James Rocky tweet about mother.
0: Right, but we don't know that up. he didn't vote. He he might not have voted for her. You know what I mean? We'd have to ask people who did vote for her what they thought, you know, why they, they have been so quiet about this before. But then again, you kind of ruin the element of surprise if you're talking about – mhm-hm this person up and you know and, and i think they more than any other critics group really love the element of surprise i think they like to be different well, you know but that
1: goes against in other words scott scott found us when he was um uh, you know bitch slapping you for saying that they <laughs> like to be different perhaps he was being somewhat disingenuous is what we're um basically saying right
0: well i don't know if anybody would ever want to admit that they did it just to be different because you know Mm -hmm. that's a cynical thing to admit and most Mm -hmm. people don't have that kind of um humility first of all and if they're doing something just to be noticed for doing it they're certainly not going to ever admit to it right because that would take away all of the fun (laughs) but but i don't i mean i don't think we can make that accusation i know i can't because it is it is putting me in the armchair psychology role and it's not right i mean we have to just assume that they felt that it was the most deserving more deserving than annette benning more deserving than natalie portman more deserving than jennifer lawrence or any of these other people that and the reason that you haven't that awards bloggers haven't been talking about hers because mm-hmm. we've been having a hard time just with the contenders that we have now finding, five, you know, the five All spots right. because it's All so crowded. Hmm. You know. Um
1: speaking of Annette Benning, uh we've now heard from the DC area film critics, the Boston film critics, the Los Angeles film critics, the New York film critics online and what am I missing?
0: Uh,
1: uh Alaska, Boston online, uh, online, LA and and oh, of course, National others. National yeah. Board of Review also.
0: National Board of Review, Detroit Film Critics, yeah, the the various groups that have been beaming in. You're saying that there's just no sign of a net bending anywhere.
1: It's not happening yet. I mean, when's it going to happen? Doesn't it usually happen from somebody? Doesn't someone usually, uh, some group, perhaps more than one group, perhaps uh, you know, uh, uh, you'd start to you know hear her name come in as 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 someone who is really. Uh, whose performance has really you know moved people and they 're going to reflect that uh, feeling in, in a vote and we 're not seeing it
0: I think you 're so right i mean i don 't understand why i, I, I now I am starting to wonder why she was considered such a strong frontrunner to begin with, I guess, but because
1: Pete, so. <laughs> yes, Pete Hammond said so
0: well <laughs> when she was starting out as as such a strong contender, I think as I will say that. Uh, Sandra Bullock, you know, she won, and she didn't have a lot of critics' support going into the race. And in fact, a lot of times with the actress category, specifically, the critics will will rally behind somebody, and then the cat like Sissy Spacek, for instance, or mm-hmm. um, Julie Christie, right. and then the Academy will just go a totally different way. So yep. we don't know for sure that Annette Bening's out just yet. I mean, she has a lot of friends in the industry. You know, what really matters more for her is you know the SAG awards matter. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, the critics awards not so much cuz they can't really help you with in terms of the actress. It's it's great for the social network. Can we just stop and say that? I mean, it's
1: it's excellent so far. It's a sweep. It's is as a critic friend whom we both know, uh, I surrender to social network <laughs> inevitability. <laughs> You've be- got You're right. Fine, I give up. Okay, you know it's happening. So,
0: well, what's interesting to me about that is that you know it just proves the theory that perception is everything. And if you head into the race as a front runner, like the King's speech, Mm -hmm. you're not going to be a sexy choice necessarily for the critics, unless you're a movie like uh, No Country for Old Men or Slumdog Millionaire, something that really can't be stopped. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But what amazes me about it, and I'll just say this to you, is that you know I'm on the Gurus of Gold, right? Yeah. Sure. So for weeks now. Emmanuel Levy and, and me and I uh-huh. have been the only two predicting the social network to win. Everybody else has been King's Speech all the way down the line. Yep. I mean even last week when it seemed like you know the social network was really surging, I was surprised to see that there wasn't a, a bit of movement there with the gurus. They were still saying King's Speech. I suspect after this weekend they're going to change their minds, maybe reluctantly.
1: As I wrote in a headline on last Friday – Guru, bitches, scatter. (laughs) (laughs) Anthony Brusnick. Oh, no. What am I going to (laughs) do? No. Chris Tapley, and particularly our friend at Entertainment Weekly.
0: Yeah. Dave Carger, and Thompson, Chris Tapley. Oh, my goodness
1: what let's meet let's have a drink let's talk this over we gotta figure something out because we've been wrong
0: (laughs) i but see that's what baffles me is i don't understand how they could have been i mean maybe i'm just not included in their conversations anymore but um but i'm surprised i I was surprised by that but anyway it, it only helped the social network because it put it in the underdog position so now that it's won all these awards will it continue its march to to oscar or will people want to take it down because now it's the front runner and you know Will be easier to criticize it. When it's flying under the radar, it does a lot better, you know. Than yeah. if it's if it's considered a dominant, suddenly people are going to start saying, like Gregory Elwood on Twitter, "It's good, but it's not that good," or whatever mm-hmm, he says, mm-hmm. you know. So,
1: well, we'll see a bit of, a bit more surge from uh, New York film critics. Who knows tomorrow? Maybe they'll go some other direction. Maybe they might,
0: not. They might choose Carlos. Carlos seems to be, you know.
1: That was so cool. I loved. I was thinking <clears throat> when I first saw Carlos. In, in Cannes, and I saw it again at the IFC. I said, You know, it would be really great if maybe Los Angeles film critics or New York or, some, or maybe National Society, but some, some significant group would, would just let's go different and, and give it the best picture to Carlos. Yeah. And it almost happened with LAFCA, it was the runner up to um, Social Network.
0: Yeah, and it just – I mean, it really, those two looked like they were neck and neck. They were really mm-hmm. close because the director tied with um, both of them. Right. Um, the other interesting right. thing to note is that the King's Speech is not doing badly. I mean, it, it isn't winning, but it's there. It's, it's, he's, he's gotten runner-up twice, the screenwriter for the King's Speech. That shows a lot that, that the critics are seeing it as a strong screenplay contender. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, Colin Firth won for Best Actor, and Jeffrey Rush was runner-up. With Lafka, you're saying? Yeah, with Lafka. And so, you know, I guess... But
1: but not with uh, anyone. uh, Was he with uh, the um, New York Film Critics Online, Colin Firth?
0: Oh, no, I don't know. James Franco won that.
1: Yeah. Was he with, was Colin Firth, uh, did he win with the Boston folks?
0: No, Jesse Eisenberg did.
1: Well, I mean, he's in there, obviously. I mean, everybody's been saying there's no um, question that this is his year, and there doesn't seem to be any dispute. I've never disputed it, but – Oh, no, no,
0: yeah, but it's interesting to see it's kind of a, you know mixing up a little bit. It's not it's not dominating by any means. The King's Speech It's yeah. not dominating, but we'll see what New York does. I mean, you know, if if New York turns around and says no, we think the King's Speech is a better movie than The Social Network, that will change things a little bit.
1: You know, You're, there's a noise happening. You're creating some kind of sound, something, or maybe it's me. But this, when you were talking a second ago, I could mm-hmm. hear a kind of a oh no sound can you hear it anyway, now? It's what? it's gone now it's gone now so oh, no now here's the thing uh, if we had a statistician with us like scott feinberg and who, who had done some research i would ask just to return briefly and then i'll leave it alone about the annette benning thing you said and i agreed we're you know correct it's she's going to do very well with a screen actors guild and she'll most likely because if we're <coughs> accepting the, uh, the um, Karen Freed, Pete Hammond uh, view of things, that it's going, you know, she's got a lot of um, Academy support. People know her. They feel that it's really time for her to uh, perhaps have her moment in the, in the, in the, in the sun. And, uh, you know, it's okay with me. It's great. She's a good actress and she does very well in that film. But what is the precedent for someone being utterly ignored by all the um, you know blogger types, all the critics groups, nothing, and then it suddenly shows up as a strictly an industry inside the Beltway thing. Uh, as far as you know, a Best Actress nomination. What is that has that ever happened before? I mean, doesn't doesn't there a, a kind of a precedent for at least there's some critics mm, something really. outside? that No. no Denzel really?
0: Washington when he won for Training Day, he hadn't won anything before that. He just kind of showed up on the scene and won. It can happen in the Oscars when it's somebody that people like enough. And if the if they don't have a lot of heavy competition, that's how Jeff Bridges won last year. He didn't really have a lot of competition. If uh-huh. he had had any better performance, he would not have won. Uh-huh. But, I mean, his performance was not that strong, but it was his time. Yeah. And that could happen with Annette Benning, I think, uh-huh. only because Natalie Portman, as much as I love her, I'm not seeing the strongest – surge right now she if she was as strong as say helen mirren for Uh, the queen she would be winning everything and there would be no dispute Uh which is Uh sort of how i thought it would go so i was surprised to see she didn't even get runner up with the la film critics Uh and that tells me a lot that tells me that no the actress race is going to be a race it's not just going to be natalie portman dominating which is sort Uh of how i thought it was going to go
1: I sort of um, was hoping uh, also just for the sake of poor Leslie Manville. I don't, I shouldn't say poor Leslie Manville. I, I just feel that I really wanted, wanted to see her get um at least nominated and you know uh but she hasn't happened yet.
0: No, um, and, and in fact that movie hasn't made a blip anywhere. Hmm. You know, so that that's a little frustrating. I think it's such a great movie, but maybe it had its its moment at it Cannes and it couldn't ever quite live up to the hype from from that.
1: I was sort of. I'm sort of holding out hope that maybe she might. Uh, since we're saying it's not going to be a, uh, it's clearly not going to be a Natalie Portman blitzkrieg at this stage. Mm-hmm. It would really be nice to see Leslie Manville win with the New York Film Critics uh, tomorrow, and I, yeah. it would be delightful, you know, just for the sake of her uh, her own star and her own ascendancy, if you will. So.
0: Yeah. No, I agree, and I was noting um, as I was watching the fighter, I was thinking, um, you know, it's it's interesting how many crazy women are in the race this
2: year <laughs>
0: I mean, they're just off the charts nuts mm-hmm. and the men are kind of holding it together you know some years we have crazy men right mm-hmm. but this year it's definitely crazy women all over the place.
1: <laughs> <country. laughs> now before we uh, get into i'd love to talk to you uh, a bit because i liked what you were saying about the fighter uh you're you like it and everything but you think basically that the uh, um if there's a um what about mark Wahlberg's. Uh, character um, uh, Mickey Ward. What about his future? He's basically is going to, going back to being, in a sense, enveloped by this clan of crazy, eccentric, uh, weird women with with you know um, who are not the uh, terribly attractive people when really when you when you add it all up. But before we go there, briefly, just one more time about the odd choices of the Los Angeles okay. uh, film critics. There's also. Uh, a gentleman who I don't think uh, very many people uh, have uh, heard of or or even seen, and that would be his name is Niels Arist- Aristrup. I believe is how you might pronounce it. What do you think? Aristrup. I
0: thought, yeah, I think it's Aristrup.
1: I sound like I sound like a guy from who doesn't who doesn't know anything about <laughs> French because I, I do not how to how to pronounce it. In fact, this is not really a French name. I suspect it looks more like a Dutch name.
0: Yeah, you're pretty, pretty good at eight, that. You're pretty good eight, at pronunciation. I
1: think. Uh, a- A-R-E-S-T-R-U-P. That's certainly Dutch. Yeah. And Neil, so Neil Zadistrup. Let's just go with that for the time being until okay. something corrects me. Uh, so he plays, uh, as I described, it, he plays a kind of a scowling, threatening, tough prison boss, as all prison bosses. mean. and when we say prison boss, we're referring to the guy who kind of runs the uh, the action inside amongst the prison populace in this French. Um, prison that is the main setting for uh Jacques Audiard's excellent film called A Prophet which is um mm. quite long it's almost like 3 hours or maybe over 3 hours or just not quite 3 hours i forget the length but it's quite the uh, epic in a sense mm. and this guy really is good as a as a as a tough prison boss who's you know, uh, rules with an iron hand and threatens and, and – uh, and, but he's also, you can sense as the film goes on, getting scared about uh, old age and losing his power and, uh, you know, so it has some pathos underneath it. But I don't think – and I, having seen – you've seen A Prophet?
0: Mm-hmm. I saw okay. it last year though okay. when it was up for –
1: right. So here's tell me what you think. I just think he's he does the job the way any good actor would. You know, you have to play someone who's blustery and snarly, who can scare people and maintain uh, power and control in that in that uh, prison environment by being the the meanest, baddest dog in the block. You know, and but I don't. Again, I didn't it strike me as being something that just kind of stopped my heart and made me think, wow, this is this is one of those performances that's going to stay with me. I mean, I thought it was good, but again, I don't get why he has won for best supporting actor from, uh, well,
0: the way I took that was that I noticed that there was a lot of um, love for A Prophet last year and also this year. It just seems to keep popping up on top right. ten lists and here and there. I think it was a movie that people really loved and they didn't feel like it got the credit it deserved. As uh, somebody brought up on Twitter, it's a, it reminds them of City of God, which also um, kind of came back the year after it It was it would have been up for the foreign language film and it ended up getting nominated for major category, um, at the Oscars and major categories. So I think what they're showing is that they're, they're trying to keep, you know, they're trying to get, maybe get that ball rolling of don't let a prophet get forgotten because it was too good of a movie to just watch it disappear. So that's sort of how I take that. Um, but so also, it's a token thing
1: for the profit. You're a profit. You're saying that's, that's, that's kind of
0: how it, I saw it. Yeah. Right. yeah, but I also and I, you know, Guy Lodge actually predicted that, and I thought that was a really good prediction to know that they were gonna that they were gonna choose that. I mean, talk about obscure. But somehow he knew that that movie was gonna be, and that performance would be remembered. It just shows how little. We know how little mm-hmm. I know. I mean, about about really what is driving these, um, because I think we get we kind of get stuck in a groove, and our groove was you know awards race. So it was Christian Bale, Jeffrey Rush, Christian Bale, Jeffrey Rush. You know, it wasn't any kind of thinking outside of that box. So you got to hand it to the critics for for doing that. Um, but the the curious thing about this was that was the lack of support for the fighter, in any category here at the, the la film critics and they have quite a large membership and not one runner up or nomination from the fighter that's curious to me and if they fail to if it fails to show up at the new york film critics that's not a good <coughs> sign you know it's very possible because it does seem like a weird, you know obscure name just plucked out of nowhere
1: look it's just it's just a good performance it's not something that stops you it it, it doesn't make you you know take your take takes you know take, uh, just, you know, stop thinking and, and just like stop the train and let's think about this. This is something exceptional. Something has really happened here. When I saw this guy play this prison boss, it doesn't happen like that. I'm, 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 I just don't understand what is happening here. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, uh, I, I, I do understand and and concur that, that, you know, people wanted to do something for, um, for a uh, profit and it's a, it's a brilliant film and I, 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 worship it. I've seen it uh, two and a half times, and I've got the screener, and I I easily see it again. It's good. Solid stuff. Well, check
0: this out. Here's the weird thing. Um, Not a single acting winner at the L.A. Film Critics was an American actor. Colin Firth's English, Kim hye (laughs) jas Korean, Niels Alstrup is whatever he is, Dutch, and Jackie Weaver is Australian. So it's interesting Uh to me that they couldn't find any Act, you know, actors this year in a, that that have been released in an American film that they thought was a, was good enough to award. That uh-huh. really really says something from the Los Angeles film critics of all people to go completely international like that. Uh-huh. Um, all
1: right. Well, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. It's just that it's um, um, it's fine with me. Though there, I, I swear you are not going to see anybody. Uh, I mean i just don 't know where this is coming from i I, I was just asked there 's a process here, like I said about about our um, the esteemed uh, actress who 's won for best actress with them uh, with Lafka. Where is the fervor for these guys before they turn up suddenly at at critics awards I mean mm-hmm. where is the fervor i 'm just asking i 'm not saying it 's not there i 'm not saying that I am the most comprehensive. Reader and and you know uh, a note taker as far as the you know the 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 you know come from behind surprise you know but there's got to be people who who care enough to put uh, you know put thought to, to pen and, and and share their passion I'm just saying where is it I haven't read anything isn't that the process doesn't doesn't don't people write about these things don't they talk about them isn't there some conversation about these people prior to their you know well With. they
0: they spend a, they spend a lot of time talking. I mean I think they talk before they vote, right? So um you know all it takes is is a kind of charismatic leader to start talking about a great performance and you know suddenly people start thinking yeah you know that's a really that's right that's a great performance I'm not saying they do that god scott found us, will kill me if he hears <laughs> but I'm just throwing it out there as a possibility of the way you know sometimes human behavior can can be but I agree with you that when it comes out of nowhere like that it's strange because we haven't seen a lot of a lot of press a lot of um, top ten performances, for instance, that would name those. But I do kind of respect and admire their rebellious spirit here. I really yeah. do. I like mm-hmm. it. I mean, even mm-hmm. if it means they're kind of throwaways and they can't really be taken seriously for the Oscar race too much. But except for Social Network, and maybe um, Jackie Weaver. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, you got to admire their moxie for for just going so off the off the rails.
1: I think what they're doing also is they're perhaps um, they 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 uh, in 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 my view correctly uh, believe that the the season is about is about celebrating the 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 work that really ought to be seen that people ought to be paying attention to if not theatrically then on the DVD circuit, and so they don't really give a shit about the Oscar race, you know, and they feel that the Oscar race has been. Undermined, and you know, doesn't doesn't have the authority. It's not the only game in town. There's too many other games, and it's you know, it's part of the whole way things are going in in publishing. You know, it's this. It's just not the you know, it's just not Time and Newsweek as being right. the major weeklies and NBC, CBS, mm-hmm. and you know, there's there's a hundred voices. There's a thousand voices. There's and uh, you know, I think these people just don't really care about the end game. I don't
0: think they do either, and I think they they deliberately don't care. Like, they're really showing that they don't. But Mm -hmm. on the other hand, they're kind of showing that they do because they've got picture, director, and screenplay all for the social network. Mm -hmm. Um, However, I will say that this is why the New York film critics are more influential um, and more reliable as Oscar predictors than the L.A. film critics, which tend to kind of just be this sort of you know different group. Um, and that's fine. Good for them. You know, That a lot of mm-hmm. people will, will appreciate that. It's just that for people who watch the Oscars, which, you know, we're a, a sleazy little group. Yeah. <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> nobody respects us very much. We're yeah. at the bottom of the food chain. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, what can you do? You just have to look at it and go, okay, interesting. Next. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you
1: know? All right. But,
0: All right. So. Well,
1: let's talk about your reaction, your interesting reaction to um, – to um, the fighter now um, perhaps you could just um, give uh, everyone a rundown of, how, of what you thought and then yeah. we can get into that thing well, you're talking about about the women in the family which I think is really good
0: okay so the first thing I noticed about it was that it was a packed house completely packed there was one seat left and I took that last seat and Where, I liked, the,
1: under at what the arc under
0: what the arc light I didn't go to a screening. I went to the actual audience. I was invited okay. to the you know premiere and this. I, I just I never made it to any of those. And I I actually had wanted to see it with a crowd because I heard that it's a crowd pleaser, and I wanted mm-hmm. to, to feel that. I wanted to see what how people were responding to it. And it was funny because the crowd was very entourage-ish. They were not snobby film people that you would think. They were you know. They were regular people. They were street people. They were, you know, Uh teenagers. They were people who might be interested in Mark Wahlberg movie. Uh Um, So, and they were into it. They were laughing. They applauded at the end. And you know, Uh I unfortunately for me, as much as I liked, I I don't think you could not like it because it does. It's so heartwarming by the end, which is unusual for David O. Russell. um, But it it does. It gets you by the end, especially Christian Bale. Um, talking about his brother, just it just gets you. You know, you can't help but be moved by it.
2: Uh-huh. But, um, All right.
0: And I think that the audience was caught up in it. Um, for me, I sort of felt like I knew what was coming every scene that that it was happening, and so while I enjoyed watching it, I wasn't exactly caught up in it and surprised by it because I sort of felt like, okay, so this is the only thing I didn't see coming was that they would so quickly turn back to being friend, you know, to being friendly with the family, you know, like uh, Christian Bale was, they were painting him as such a kind of a weird drug addict, you know, um, awful bad influence on his brother and the mom too. And they made a really good case about that, about, you know, really good case for that for the first two thirds of the movie. And then all of a sudden it's like, no, wait a minute. I do want my family in my life after the brother gets sober and, You know, he has a little conversation with his mom, and so suddenly everything turns around, and now we're supposed to like these people again and think that they're good influences in his life. And it's well,
1: but hold on now. What is what are we talking about here? We're talking about basically a mother who is um, showing um, uh, astonishing, uh, bizarre favoritism for one son over the other. She likes Mm -hmm. Christian Bale's character um, much, uh, and Mark Wahlberg's uh, younger. brother is <laughs> keenly aware of this because everything that uh the christian bale does including being a crack addict <laughs> which is about as flagrant a uh, 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 problem you would think as as anybody yeah anything could be she for whatever reason it doesn't register that he's um you know not the the, the top fighter in in in, in peak physical condition and not to mention mental and spiritual condition for some reason this doesn't get through her.
0: but why (laughs) doesn't it i mean we see scene after scene after scene where she doesn't get it where she doesn't get it where she doesn't get it we're kind of going all right enough already you know we understand we see why why don't why doesn't somebody say anything and so when finally amy adams comes in and starts telling it like it is she's like a a breath of fresh air of actual Mm -hmm. oxygen. You're like, finally, someone is saying what needs to be said. Yeah. But then all of a sudden everything turns around because he gets sober and maybe that's how it happened in real life. But I had a hard time readjusting myself. Like I still wanted him to break free of his family and I still wanted him to do, to go on with his life without them.
1: Well, all the, all the sisters, the sisters from them, from Macbeth, they're, they're all just kind of following her her lead and she's basically saying that uh, that uh, you know Christian Bale's character is anything he does is fine and let's not you know let's let's, let's be together let's support Yeah I know and a, a better no.
0: movie for me a better movie would have been she and he go off and have their illusion and Mark Wahlberg breaks free and does his own thing I know mm-hmm. that's not how it happened in real life but that to me would have made a better movie just because I didn't I didn't believe I didn't like Melissa Leo at all. No, and I, I didn't, didn't either. You know, and so when I'm supposed to turn <laughs> yeah. around and then like her again, I can't like her. I think she's a mm. bad mother, you know, and yeah. I, I felt for the kids. And, you know, Dickie, when I saw them at the end and it was the two of them, and, you know, I really did like them and I really did, was happy that they, you know, had their successes. But I think there was a flaw in the movie, the movie makers, in not giving us a chance to like the mother
2: mm.
0: and really, really like Dickie as much. I mean, as we do by the end, it would be a, it would have been nicer to me if we we spent the whole movie going, God, we like them so much. We really just want them to all be a family again. But you don't. You don't feel that way. The only one I liked was Mark Wahlberg, and he was and Amy great. Adams and Amy Adams who was great.
1: I loved her. By the yeah. way, yeah. one of
0: my favorite. I'm surprised she's not getting more attention for her. I, I thought she was fantastic.
1: I was uh, speaking to her the other night at this the. Um, SVA—that's the School of Visual Arts Theater on Twenty Third, where they had a special invitational screening of *The Fighter*. Mm. And I was about to just say to her because this is what I have what has been made clear to me, anyway, at the events that I've been to for *The Fighter*, uh, the decision has been made to put forward Melissa Leo as the um, as the one of the two women who could easily qualify for you know Best Supporting Actress attention. They're saying she's it, and um, that's—it's already obviously been worked out. Now, I, I should have just simply asked Amy Adams the blunt and perhaps uh, on the rude side question: What's going on? Are are you, uh, do you? I mean, you don't ask an actor or actress: Are you in the race? Are you trying to do something? Because they won't tell you, and they're going to just yeah. talk to their handlers. But you know, why are they putting uh, Melissa? Lea, who's Kind of like the, you know, in a way, this this is analogous. Her character is analogous in a way to Monique's character. She's not a good mom, you know. Now, what did you feel? Weren't you a Monique supporter? Weren't you being pretty enthusiastic about her work? I
0: was, but I have to give you a full confession here, and I'll tell you, I've never seen Precious to this day. I haven't seen it. I couldn't watch it because of the abuse. I mean, mm-hmm. not to get too personal, but for personal reasons, I couldn't watch it, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I never have, and I never will. I could only mm-hmm. go by what the reviewers said about her and what okay. I, I saw from clips and stuff, but from what I saw from clips, she she was a lot more connected to her emotional life than Melissa Leo, who I thought was so great in Frozen River, but in this, she seems so cartoony and clowny um, and kind of scenery-chewing that... And I I love her as an actress, and I think she's really popular, and she's got a lot of friends in the industry. I just felt she overdid it a lot, and there was no real payoff because all we had to do then was ground back down and say, okay, we like her, fine. But there was no moment where she really breaks down, which is what we needed to see, I thought, because she's such a mess.
1: She's mess, and she's uh, she's uh, she's really about ego. She she does a really rotten thing in the beginning of the fighter, uh, not to give it any way spoilers. But basically, there's a fight that Mark Wahlberg has been training for with a particular opponent, and that opponent has the flu, and they have to make a decision whether or not to fight this other guy who's a last minute substitute. Well, he's got him by twenty pounds, and what happens is he gets the tar beat out of him. Mm-hmm. And they basically have decided, well, let's go for it because at least we get paid. And that's really a bad decision. by that's, that's bad management. You
0: know? Worse than bad. And I, I could even almost buy if Dickie and, and, and Mickey had decided to turn against their mother and say, no, you know what? you ruined our lives. Yeah. Um, I like the Jack McGee character. I like the father. He was good. I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm being too hard on her. I really would love to see her win an Oscar. I think she's great. You know, I support her completely. I just, I was more, I was more into Amy Adams, and I thought she just maybe gave her best performance in that movie.
1: And really welcome from from my perspective, because <clears throat> I've always felt that the 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 you know the double whammy, if you will, of Junebug, which she was. Widely uh, admired and it kind of established her as as a, as a personality and a as an actress to watch, coupled with um, uh, Enchanted, which was a, a huge mm. hit also for her, and she did a, another great job as playing the you know the the, the princess uh, from a cartoon come to life, um, but uh, <clears throat> but that created an impression of being kind of a uh you know a little bit of a goody two shoes. Person, you know, and I—I I just felt this, this. gives her grit and reality, and I just loved her what she had. I thought that bar conversation in the beginning of the film between she and Wahlberg, uh, when they're just kind of sizing each other up and talking about who they are and. And she talks about lousy tips and, you know, are you married and all that stuff. That was great.
0: It was great. Every moment she was on screen, I enjoyed the movie. And the two of them together, what charisma, you know. Yeah. And I I was looking at him and I was looking at her and I was thinking, man, she is just sitting there thanking God that this guy walked up to her and asked her for her phone number. And she's playing it so well. And I also Mm -hmm. loved how she banged on the door and that's how he knew she was there. I loved how Mm -hmm. she stood up for him. Right. Um, and, and I again resented the movie a little bit for turning her into a crazy person by the end you know when they say oh you're just like her and you know you both want to do bad no it's not true they're not alike at all Amy Adams was very supportive of him and helped him and he you know
1: and she doesn't trust that Christian Bale isn't going to relapse back into into um, into being a, um, um, you know, a crackhead which yeah. uh, I, I wouldn't either you know I, I don't trust anybody who's been an act I mean it's one day at a time but that's what uh, o- Mokeith, uh, the character, is like also. So.
0: I just thought we needed one moment of Melissa Leo stopping and noticing, really yeah. noticing what she's done to her sons and mm-hmm. what she's done to Dickie and his drugs and her weird alcohol and what mm. she's done to her other son. And then maybe they forgive her. Maybe, yeah. but that yeah. was never happening. It was just like, okay, let's push it all under the rug. We're a big, happy family. Let's go on and win the, win the fight, you know?
1: Well, there is a moment where she says, I, I didn't realize that you felt like that because he says to her, can you be my mother just once? Yeah. You know, I thought, I thought, I'm your son too. Can you like stand up for me just once? Um, but and, that
0: wasn't uh, just it with her. There was a lot going on there. You know, I mean, it, she wasn't just playing favorites, you know, uh-huh. there, there was other thi- there were other things about her that I thought, especially if you're talking about substance abuse, uh-huh. you know, and you're talking about him getting sober and all that. I mean, I don't think they really deal with that as well as they could have, not to turn it into a total self-help thing. I mean, it's you know what, it, it, all of this I'm saying is just my own minor quibbles with it. I think it's a really um, entertaining movie and really moving, and I think that Mark Wahlberg is so good in it, he's worth uh-huh. it, and and Christian Bale is amazing. You know, say what you will about him as a person, but he sure can act that guy. And um, you know, his, his change from Dickie in the beginning to Dicky in the end, I mean that performance, like Natalie Portman's, it just embeds in you. And you mm-hmm. you can't shake it no matter how hard you try. You right. can't get his face out of your mind, you can't get his worries and his fears and his, his you know. The moment that he realizes or that that you realize that they're making a movie about a crackhead instead of a fighter, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all that stuff I mean he's the fighter in the movie, yeah, so yeah. you know he's yeah. the fighter he's and so I thought that was all really good, you know
1: and Wahlberg, it it has been said by others his he has a he has a his character um um Mickey Ward is a bit of a passive figure uh, more than a bit he is a passive figure.
0: He's a passive figure, but the camera loves Mark Wahlberg, and so you'll see this in reviews a lot. They're saying, you know, I think one criticism said that the filmmaker doesn't realize what he has with Mark Wahlberg, and it's true because, you know, that guy, he burns up the screen. You can't take your eyes off him, but Mm -hmm. he isn't given a lot to do. You know. Mm
1: -hmm. Incidentally, uh, <clears throat> much has been made, much has been talked about uh, Christian Bale's uh, reticence to <clears throat> play the, you know, the dog and pony shows and 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 show up at these things. Our, our friend uh, Scott Feinberg did a um, 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 moderated a discussion with the uh, fighter people, and and this is in front of one of the guilds, I believe it was. He said, and um, Bale did show up, and he said that Bale's. Uh, uh, Fascinating and gentlemanly and completely forthcoming. I just don't think he likes being probed by journalists about his the inner fibers of his personality and his life. But mm. he was he was doing a nice, um, you know, a good political job and being a real gentleman, and everybody liked him. So
0: yeah, that's good. And, I mean, he should just keep doing good work, and you know, he may never win an Oscar.
1: Yeah, yeah. But anyway, he was also uh, signing regular folks autographs at this screening that i was at the other night uh so he's a pretty cool guy i i like him you know and and people can go george c scott any any time they want in my book i mean that's that's a completely okay thing with me i don't think there's any reason do you think that that talking a george c scott game is going to work against him do you think people don't respect that viewpoint from a from a, now that we're let's just talk about the Oscar uh, vote. Do you think that's going to hurt him for being,
0: um, <clears throat> you yeah. know,
1: not, he doesn't want to be interviewed that much, and you know what he what he's put, put across so far.
0: No, it's going to hurt him. Yeah, he could win every single Critics Award and still not win the Oscar uh-huh. for reasons that I told you before, which is that he yelled at crew guys, and you don't do that. And but also, his performance isn't the kind that is like George C. Scott's in Patton or, you know, Catherine Hepburn, the kind of roles that she played. He doesn't play that kind of character. And uh-huh. he's not likable. And they have no reason that they're going to want to award him because they don't really want his approval, which is what that's all about. You know, they always wanted Woody Allen's approval. They always wanted Catherine Hepburn's approval. Uh-huh. But I don't think that anybody's going to feel that way about Christian Bale. They don't like him enough to award him if he doesn't... Look, and even Sean Penn had to come out and start shaking hands. and uh-huh. stuff. <laughs>
2: sean yeah. penn who was maybe mm. the
0: best act male actor in america you know he still had to do it mm. so if you want right. to win but if you don't and the reason that sean penn finally did it because he realized it wasn't about him it was about the movie and it was about clint eastwood and it was about um you know helping people who worked on the movie win some oscars it wasn't mm. about i'm sean penn i deserve an oscar so when christian bale matures a little bit he'll realize that it's mm. not about him anymore and he mm-hmm. has to suck it up and deal if he wants to be in show business because, you know, a lot of people aren't in this just for ego. A lot of people make their money on on how many Oscars they win. It's their mm-hmm. like bread and butter. So yep. you be gracious. You go out. You do interviews, you know. Mm-hmm. Could, he could learn a thing or two from Ben Affleck. <clears throat> wow. Well, as I
1: said, though, in front of a Guild audience, he was quite effective. He's quite charming. He was quite open. He was quite – um, gentlemanly, he was quite. You know, people liked him. He did, it was a hit. Well, that's so good. maybe yeah. it's different with he. Just maybe it's just because of the, you know, the the in depth journal. You know, and 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 let's face it, you know, the junkets, the shallow questions, the idiot questions, the. Uh, the the supermarket tabloid questions, you know, all, all that stuff. You
0: know? I know, but the good guys take it all with a grain of salt. The good guys just laugh it off and move on and go on with their lives. You know, the the pros, the guys <laughs> like Jeff Bridges or Colin Firth, or you yeah. know, these are the people that that will eventually win Oscars because it is partly about that side of it. You know, how gracious you are, how much people like you. I mean, I'm sorry to say it, but it really is. If that Korean woman. That just won the L.A. Film Critics. If she started coming out here and doing like what get, you know, mm-hmm. if she started like dressing up and showing up on talk shows and letting people make jokes about her, and suddenly she, <laughs> 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 she might just be nominated, you know, because
1: uh-huh.
0: Uh-huh. that's how it goes. Like look at Roberto Benigni when he won for Life is Beautiful. I mean, he was his his performance outside of the film was what got him that Oscar.
1: Hey, incidentally, you said that you have received a screener of Mother. Hmm. You're talking about this year yeah recently hmm I have not received it and I get I've gotten absolutely everything as a member in good standing <clears throat> with the um, broadcast Film Critics Association
0: well you know I got a whole big pile of Magnolia screeners and i I half wonder if that isn't partly what drove these awards that people got these screeners for these movies
1: um, Wait a minute I got a whole bunch of maybe I should I should, um, I should Take that back because I got a whole ton of magnolia things, including the documentary about Elliot Spitzer and mm-hmm. everything. So. And
0: Mother's not in there.
1: I guess I should. Uh, I uh, bet it
0: uh, is. You diplomatically, take a look again. Uh,
1: retract that statement. Walk it back. <laughs> take a, take another look. But I don't remember seeing it. I remember going, you know, title <laughs> by title. But
0: well, I'll have to go and check mine. But I'm pretty sure that it's in there. Okay. So I'm pretty sure that the mother is in there. It still doesn't make me want to watch the movie, hmm. <laughs> but. <laughs>
1: so just to sum up on this whole, you know, kind of Kim hai and and, and and Neil's uh, um, um, uh, Arostrup, uh, uh thing, have we uh, determined, has there been, um, can we think of another precedent say, last year, say five years ago, you know, any, any time where where people just out of the blue, where did this come from? Nobody's written about them. Nobody said anything. All of a sudden they win. Can you think of another instance in which this Happened, which I'd be happy to take note of and incorporate into my appreciation of what's happened today.
0: You can mean you just, think- just names that have just come right yeah, out of just nowhere?
1: Out of the blue, just all of a sudden, boom, boom, he wins, he wins uh, two awards from two groups for best sporting actor. I mean,
0: yeah, so no, it does think- happen. Sure, it happens. I'd have to go back and look, but yeah, you can find the only names that we tend to remember are the ones who went on to the Oscar race, but you can go through any critics' awards and see weird names popping up. Huh. And occasionally they'll get three or four or five critics groups will will put them on there, and they still won't make it to the Oscar race. You know. Hey,
1: by the way, what did you think? It's quite
0: common, actually. I'd say.
1: Okay. Mm -hmm. All right, all right. I'm not not going to dispute that. What did you think personally of Juliette Lewis? Being uh, um, um, are given an award for best supporting actress by the Boston folks, and perhaps somebody will um, second them down the road from one of the critics' groups. What, what did you think of that? Did yeah,
0: you... kind of interesting. You know, um, it's a smaller group there in Boston. Mm. Uh, Fox Searchlight's really killing it with the with the campaign for this movie, so I'm not mm. surprised that it's not popping up. Mm. Um, it does show me that supporting actresses which I already knew is just kind of all over the place. And there's no strong front runner. Yeah. I mean, if Jackie Weaver could be winning everything, you know, that there's nobody that's dominating, um,
1: I tell you, I don't, I don't understand why there's that much fervor for her as she's, she's a pretty good character, but I liked her and thought she was as engaging and interesting, even in her tiny little walk on in, um, um, the Robert Downey, um, um, Galifianakis uh, character due date due date. I thought she was you know she she's on for a second and you know oh there's Julia she's playing kind of a you know a loopy mom and everything. I don't think it was significantly different what she did in Conviction. She's a little you know darker and meaner, but other than that, I don't know
0: yeah it's interesting. I mean, it could just be a one off you know you never yeah. know I mean you have to when it's a star like that, you have to kind of take it seriously. but God, there's so many great supporting performances this year. I'm so surprised that mm-hmm. that they would have chosen that one. Not that it's bad, it's just that yeah. I, I think yeah. that um if it were me, I would have picked somebody different, but you know maybe they're testing their influence to see if they can get somebody started and then Mm -hmm. You know, on down the road, if they get an Oscar nomination, then it's sort of like, well, wow. So we were the first people that saw that they were going to be nominated.
1: Did you have a chance, by the way, to go to any of these 3D Tron screenings? Have you seen them? yet? No, God,
0: no. I got invited to one, but
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I have no reason to go. (laughs) I'm
2: sorry.
0: (laughs) Because
1: you're not geeky enough, right? I'm
0: not geeky enough. I mean, I have no zero Mm -hmm. desire. If I had a son, I'd probably take him to see it. But, Mm -hmm. you know, there's no it's not an Oscar thing, so I don't have to see it and uh. I don't particularly want to see it. So, but what, when you went to it, didn't you? And you, did you yeah. like it?
1: It's not a very good film. It's, <laughs> um, it just isn't, <laughs> um, so uh, it's not that clever. It's not that well written. You can uh, kind of look at, um, uh, re- review things, uh, plot wise, plot element wise after the film. And a lot of it just doesn't hold up. Mm. Um, it's, uh, if you're, um, if you want to just have fun with a, with a, with a kind of the, the splendor, the visual splendor of it, it is quite beautiful to, to just kind of let it wash over you, particularly in 3D. It, you know, it goes into 3D the way color kicks into the Wizard of Oz. You know, once he goes into the, um, into the grid world, then it becomes, becomes a 3D. Before that, it's flat. It's kind of cool, you know. So I didn't like hate it, but I was just kind of going, eh. You know, he's all yeah. right. Yeah, probably
0: make a lot of money. You know, because there's not a lot out there right now for for kids to see. So,
1: well, it's supposed to be also for your geeky geek boys up into who are up into age 45, <laughs> right? <laughs> I guess so. It's <laughs> not a big, not a kid thing. You like, well, I
0: I should think that if it was if it was going to really appeal to them, it would be it would have to be a better movie. But mm. we'll see. I mean, kids will see anything; they don't care if it's good or bad, but. Mm. Fan boy, the fanboys need, you know, some quality.
1: You know, there are some movies that I have seen, I'm sure that you have the same uh, experience, That thing, films that you really loved when you were 8 or 10 or 12, for that matter. And then you make the mistake when you're 25 or 30 of going back and seeing them again. <laughs> and you go, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I had not watched it again. I wish I had just held on to that memory. <laughs> yeah
0: it's so true but you know you can yeah like uh escape to which mountain i used to i loved that movie as a kid and now i watch it it's just
1: Mm.
0: it's just so terrible but
1: Mm. can you think of any others that you've (laughs) really taken with
0: with yeah that's not a very good one is it
1: (laughs) No, that's the point. But the point is, you there are some movies that just work for you, really work for you when you're nine or ten or, or eight or, or eleven, mm-hmm. you know, or thirteen, you know. Yeah. And it, just something uh, gets lost, and you can see the gears working when you're older, and you can kind yeah. of. It just doesn't work. Yeah. You know?
0: I, unfortunately, I didn't find that when I was a kid so much because growing up in the '70s, all the movies were just so much better. All you know just generally better, yeah. but when I became a young adult in my early 20s, the movies, or a teenager even, the movies mm-hmm. that I loved then, I look at now and I just think, oh, God, that's just such a terrible movie. How could I have ever thought that was good? You know, mm-hmm. It's much mm-hmm. more so, I think, as a younger adult, but,
1: you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you see, or uh, did you care to see, I should say, <laughs> The Tourist, the screening <laughs> of The Tourist, or did you let that one go?
0: I've let it go also, yeah. You've seen it?
1: Uh, not very much of it, I'm afraid. Uh, here's this has nothing to do with it being a bad film. It, it, I could tell it was a bad film right away, but I, I really was a matter of uh, my days are are. It's very very choice what you do with it, and I just had to file some stuff that I hadn't gotten around to. I had a FedEx that I had to get off absolutely. And I had to, and and I just had to. I felt. Look, I can see this this weekend. I know it stinks. I can tell it's not very good. Or I can I can just sense. You, I swear, if a if a movie is not delivering, if it isn't well put together, if it's not, you know, has that extra quality, it's obvious. The first five, ten, fifteen minutes, it's not going to suddenly turn around and and uh, and uh, you know put on a new skin after after a few minutes. So I I knew that it was not. It was a problem movie going in, and I just felt not that I don't want to see it. I am going to see it um, uh, tomorrow or something. I couldn't do it this weekend, but I knew it wasn't worth, um, so I let it go.
0: Yeah, so. I probably will. I mean, I might catch up with it someday if I can stand it on on cable. Yeah, I mean, it does look terrible. I'm sorry to say, it just looks awful.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I know people should, should see everything, you know, but my time, I don't have a lot of it, so yeah. I have to All pick right. and choose. Right you know as we this,
1: this terrible feeling of uh, i feel like certain uh, certain topics and certain things have to be covered and sometimes i'll get that this, this sensation as if not just my physical body but my mind i was kind of covered in turkish taffy and i try to <laughs> a little faster and it's like i got to get out of this it this takes so so long to get what done just the basic stuff you know yeah Sometimes just news-wise, you want to be able to cover certain things, at least in, a, in not just in a cursory way, but in a way that maybe adds a little, a little, little flair to the, to the conversation. And uh, boy, it's one of, some of those days are tough. Some
0: know. of those days are tough, especially when you just want to be, you know, doing nothing on a holiday weekend. But I think yeah. you do a really good job of knowing what your readers want information on you know you give your take on things that are going on and you don't have to be a one-stop news site that reports on everything because it's not really everything that people want they want your perspective on things
1: right yeah that's that's the thing if i deliver that i think you know you're 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 doing you you have your voice worked out and you know exactly what you're doing also so Mm -hmm. but you do feel like you know if, if things happen uh, during a day, you want to be—you you can't ignore them. Sometimes they just, yeah. uh, you know, they demand your your commentary, your thought, your—you know—and you have to give some of yourself to these things. You yeah,
0: you have first. to get a lot of yourself. I—I I find that the um, demand is is outweighing the supply with the kind of stuff that that I provide. I mean Uh I really do feel like people want more and more and more all the time and there's really not that much to write about. So Uh – but every year it happens. At a certain point, if I I haven't gotten contacted and connected with a publicist to cover a certain movie or a certain – do an interview with one of their Uh – um, contenders right. at a certain point, you just do reach the critical mass and you can't do any more. You can't uh-huh. take any more interviews. You simply can't, you can't write about this movie. You can't fight it. it just, the door closes and you just have to get through the season you know, right. because you have to cover the important things that are coming up and there's just no time. So if I were a publicist and I had a movie that, you know, I, I really wanted to push into the Oscar race, I'd, I'd have it out there way before, um, September, like September, October, that's when I would really start pushing. Mm, mm. And, you know, a lot of them wait too long. And by the time they think that they have to start when Oscar mm. season starts in December. But by then it's really too late because everybody's kind of just trying to keep up with the season. Guess what? Or I just
1: realized something. I'm, this is, it's quarter of eight. Oh, yeah? My time. And I have agreed and said I would be attending – uh, two things. The first part of which I've missed and that it is a Uh-oh. screening a screening no, it's it's only a screening of Sophia Coppola's Somewhere, which oh. happens to be my favorite Sophia Coppola movie so far because wow. it is so daringly uncommercial, <clears throat> and in that it doesn't tell a story. And it <laughs> you know It
2: doesn't tell a story.
1: Doesn't that's a
2: great great (laughs)
0: review? Makes me really want to see it, Jeff.
1: (laughs) It's an Antonioni film, and I think to me that's that's high praise. And I and I really do um, because his films really aren't about story; they're about things sort of seeping through uh, a sense that something is not quite. Right in the world of these characters, and they're and they're hungry uh and a little and a little bothered by what their lives are and you can sense it as as vividly as Sherlock Holmes could you know sen- you know smell or sniff out a clue you know i mean it 's mm-hmm. very clear what you're what you're seeing, but it just doesn 't deliver the content. By way of um, you know of plot and story, it's more of an atmosphere <laughs> thing.
0: No, that's great though. I mean, I, I love that she's that she she does her own thing, and she is a true artist. And I right. love that about her, and I respect it greatly. Right. Um, I just don't think that it it is necessarily going to mean that she's in the awards race if she's going to go that outside the norm. But maybe I don't know. You
1: know. It's probably not going to be an awards film, but it, it really—I uh, feel like I want to pay her the respect that I that I feel for someone who has um, done something pretty different and yeah. uh, and you know really outside the box of uh, you know Marie Antoinette was a kind of uh, was clearly that was a kind of a pageant film, like a hit pageant film in a way. And of course, we all responded to uh, Lost in Translation. We certainly liked the the the, 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 the chemistry between Bill Murray. Yeah. And uh, and Charlotte, um, you know, but I, I just uh, this is uh, this is exceptional. It's brave, you know. It's like they must have told her, this doesn't have the stuff of what people usually pay to see. You know, this is a little bit of a issue movie in a way for us, you know, financially. And uh, and I just really respect what she did here, yeah. and I think it's a real, real kind of um, artistically. It's a it's a step forward.
0: Oh, that's great. That's great yeah. to hear. You know, yeah. I'm. I'm I'm yeah. definitely going to read what you wrote. I'm excited about uh, seeing your perspective on it. Although I have seen you write – I have read what you've been writing about the film mm. so far. So yeah. that's good.
1: So anyway, the t- screening at the Tribeca Grand Hotel, which is happening as we speak, uh, mm-hmm. I missed that. But I've seen it and I've got the screener, so it's not like, like a big deal. But there is something happening at the Standard, which has become the uh, default uh, party hotel mm. uh, over the last couple of weeks. I've been to a party for the uh, – Fighter just the other night, which is mm-hmm. awful, by the way. It's, <laughs> it's, the, it's the greatest uh, space. To, you know, talked. Did I mention the bathrooms there?
0: <laughs> you you that, did. That, you <laughs>
1: mentioned <laughs> <It's> astonishing. <laughs> you have to have that experience once in your life.
0: Oh my god!
1: Have the city literally at your feet and no walls, no nothing. You know, ceiling to floor, pure glass, just astonishing. You know, I'm like I said, it's it's tinted. I'm I'm sure, and you can't tell when a glass on the other side has been tinted but it's really quite a, the experience anyway the party was awful because they let everybody in and and all parties have to be controlled if you let yes. too many people in it's awful and like let me out of here right and uh there was a line to get into the coat room when i got there mm. and i just said may i please be excused from this line can i just like go into the party because i don't want to wait and leave my coat and take 25 minutes you know
0: <laughs> though I, I could imagine for the fighter that would be the case it caused quite a, quite a stir there at the arc light i was surprised at how many people were there um, the right. types of people that were there so i could see that being a really popular you know the black swan party in la was just terrible it was so crowded you could not go to the party you had to just immediately leave cuz you Where couldn't was it? stand it was-, it was at the roosevelt right across from the chinese
1: was it at the, the pool area outside?
0: Mm-mm, no, it was oh. inside. In, okay. Too it cold? Was, it wasn't cold. It was just packed mm. with hundreds and hundreds of people. Okay. You know, and so I don't think anyone could have stayed there. There was just no way. You could barely get to the bar. You couldn't even walk through the room. It was mm. so crowded. Mm. So. Okay. Well, all right then. So right. I guess that's it for another. Yeah. Episode eleven or twelve or whatever it is now of Oscar Poker.
1: It's it's definitely eleven. I know that. It might be twelve, <laughs> but let's let's we'll determine that later when we write up the copy about it. But yeah. uh, but uh, just to sum up, I think we we covered interesting things at the Critics Awards, and we talked about. And I think a a big point that has been made. I'm certainly going to devote some time to it later tonight. Is if a a favorite, uh, an unusual person, is uh, who's not been talked about very much. Uh, shows up in a, in a couple of, of, of critics' awards, which has happened with the with with Niels. Uh, Why haven't I think this really has to be answered? Why hasn't someone uh, somewhere uh, written to some extent uh, passionately, you know, so that people read it and it bounces around, you know, it gets twittered something, mm. and there hasn't been zip about this? And I just don't understand. I really am. This is why there's a big question mark in this. Uh, discussion we're having because i have no idea where this came from so we've covered it we've covered it. we know what we're going to go do. we know we're going how we're going to uh follow up and uh and this was fun we're this we're, we're, fun. we're totally fine uh, as as a twosome all right have a lovely sunday lovely talking to you as you always You too. And, same uh, here okay be well
0: okay you too bye-bye bye You've been listening to Oscar Poker with Jeffrey Wells from HollywoodElsewhere.com and Sasha Stone from AwardsDaily.com. You can find us on Twitter at AwardsDaily and at WellshWood. We'll see you next week.